I'm Matt Ingram. I'm a musician, a producer, and a co-owner of Urchin Studios in East London. In these podcasts, I'll be talking with creative individuals that I know and admire about music, art, the creative process, and of course, whatever else comes up. Joining me today for a chat are the Staves. Should we start with our M? Uh, yeah, I think it might give a nice dynamic, might and, and so Urchin's busy tonight, because <laughs> we're so busy. Um, so we're at my house with the Staves. Yay! With our M. Um, hit, hit, can you describe us as um, hit English girl girl group, the hit, Staves? Hit English girl group combo. Girl, girl, girl group phenomenon, the Staves. Yeah, Chart topping award winning girl group. <laughs> mm. No, no um, chance, no. So we're at my house and, um, and we're drinking wine. So let's see, yeah. let's see how this goes. Hello. Yeah. So you've, um, we might have to start this again when M comes back. But mm. um, so you've been on, t- you've been on tour. We have. With with Bon Iver in in. We saw it. We saw it. Bloody hell! Please lose, mate. So, right. Go on then. So, 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 so you've just been you've just been touring with Bon Iver. So how has it been to to be just like, like a member of a band that's like not, not the featured artist, if you will. How mm-hmm. how how was that experience? It's been amazing. Um, I'm going to start so by nice. correcting you, Matt, because it's actually Bonnie Ver. Oh shit! It's not Bon Iver. Bon Iver. Bon Iver. <laughs> I thought it was Bon Iver until really? I met. Did, did, until did, I met Bon Iver. Did, did uh, Bon Iver correct you then? Bonnie Ver. That's what I oh, say. Like, Bon Iver sounds like a person, you know. Like, yeah, so, Bon Iver is so just a thing. You know, whereas Bon Iver sounds like a person's name. Sorry, Justin. Um, <laughs> but um, I'm, not it, gonna, I'm not going to see him again. <laughs> it was um, it was great to be in someone else's band, and yeah, to to kind of just not be thinking about our own music for a while. I think yeah. we really needed that without realizing it. It, it was, was great. extremely liberating to do that, and and also to when you're because we were kind of taking the place of a lot of um like horn parts and string parts so there was lots of using our voices in in not a usual way for us like an instrument yeah instrumental way yeah exactly rather than just like let's try and make our voices sound nice was it was it hard for you was it was it a, a challenge it was I challenging, it really challenging yeah. vocally yeah yeah there's lots of very like harsh sounds and things so it was like trying to sound nasty a lot of the time which was like really fun and really challenging and lots of it's very high and um yeah lots of kind of like screwing up your face and looking disgusting oh yeah 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 loads of that maybe that's why justin asked us to stand right in the back of the stage (laughs) and and not be lit (laughs) not be lit (laughs) well they told us we were being lit we were in darkness i liked it it's weird um because it's it was also the first time that we were on tour and just being paid. So that in itself is like, oh, it was like, okay, shit. This is, jobbing music. This is, this is nice. how it happens. But it also, and, and then the fact that the singing was kind of challenging, like, I don't know, you kind of really put a professional hat on. You're like, right, I'm not going to, This someone's paying me to do this now. This isn't just me and my... Did you feel a pressure from that? Um, Not really a pressure, more a responsibility, more just like... I am going to do this really well every night and I'm going to warm up properly and I'm going to kind of just, I don't know, it felt not smoke and get pissed all the time. 
Yeah, not not smoking get pissed. It's not. Yeah, it's not. It's not a stage show. No. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah. Quite. But it was it, the bars. The bars so high in that band because yeah. the, the musicians in that group were incredible. So I think we just felt, you know, we'd stepped into something that was not our usual zone. So it was like, right, okay, let's not let's not get fired halfway through the tour for <laughs> being rubbish. <laughs> and did, did, was he going out with the full two drama, like the full the the big band? You yeah. know what? I think I think that the two drummer thing is what a lot of people. Um, remember from seeing the, the Bonneville live shows and it seems like that's kind of an extravagance but I actually think that the two drummers is is pretty much at the core of of his live thing mm. Yeah. Mm. I think there's a lot of other stuff like if they were going to strip it down I think that would be one of the last things to go yeah that's that's true actually but it which sounds strange it's, it's, not, an integral it's not two part, really it's mm. not two drummers going at it full pelt for the sake of it throughout the whole set there are moments where it's mega and we were stood between the two drummers on these risers so it was it was pretty intense sonically where we were stood (laughs) (laughs) a bit too much (laughs) were you on on in-ears or was it a monitor situation okay but my in-ears actually broke um, this could be a damning story for a certain in-ear company you know who you are you've stopped replying to our emails you fucking shit (laughs) (laughs) my unit popped out uh, popped off its cord in rehearsals hit the concrete floor and shattered what was it made what was it made of plastic glass glass and this is a week before we were flying to to Seoul and it was like fuck we were still in the States so we thought they could fix it in time and they didn't and then they ended up getting lost in customs somewhere in Korea so mm. I had to use like generic in ears, and so they don't isolate sound half as well. So you just get loads of symbol. A huge amount. <laughs> so of much. Yeah, a huge yeah. amount. Going on. But it was still, it, it was still great. Yeah. Yeah, I think like as musicians go, they're very like both the drummers Matt and Sean are very different drummers and occupy very different yeah. spaces. Um, did you say that Sean did like lots of kind of? has a background in like Latin percussion and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. So, and you can really tell that he does so many kind of delicate, intricate things. And then Matt is like a full on rock, like. He's like an animal. Um, he's like a rock animal. He is a rock animal. 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 Yeah. yeah. And then we were kind of horn, the horn parts or something. And yeah, there's a lot of. So- <laughs> Sounds great. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so were you not necessarily singing like backing vocal parts? It was like you were emulating sounds from the record. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, In your own style. We were like a synth patch. (laughs) Yeah. We were a textural uh, unit. We were singing sort of more straightforward harmonies, like singing lyrics and stuff along with Justin in certain songs as well. But um, how much how much rehearsal did you have? We have about a week, week and a half before we went. Yeah, it's like eight. Yeah, something like that. Mm. It was. I think like everything. The only thing I was shitting myself about was lyrics because Justin has. the most kind of, I don't know, I don't know how to put it like abstract. I, yeah, abstract and unself. Yeah, they're not self-explanatory in any sort of way. So, uh, and he doesn't like, I don't know. Maybe his diction on certain songs isn't really crisp. Yeah. So you can kind of 
fill in the gaps and think about I don't know like make up your own thing of what he's saying but it's completely wrong and it's never going to be what you think it is it's all these crazy metaphors and words that I didn't know existed and yeah so to learn them is um it's a bit of a nightmare actually and we did uh yeah that was hard we did call him out on that quite a lot did you have a cheat sheet did you have a, a like do you have the lyrics written down I had one cheat sheet because I was playing guitar and loads of songs and so I think I was my brain was at capacity <laughs> so there was one song where I just couldn't remember all the words and play at the same time so it's like right okay that, that one song I'm going to gaffer the lyrics down uh, it's so funny isn't it that, um, the song the Laura Marley song My Manic and I Mm. I've got. I write it on my snare drum <laughs> because I just, I just can't. It's, it's just weird, like this block. It? I can't commit it to memory. Certain songs, and you've done however many gigs, we've played it. There's no reason scientifically yeah. it shouldn't have gone in your brain. To, right to now, be fair, but... Laura does change it around a bit. For this <laughs> <laughs> um, but that, but but I still, I still really find it hard to. Yeah. And and maybe it's that thing as well. You were saying, like if the lyrics are quite abstract, mm. if I am learning lyrics, if, if there's a narrative. Or a story yeah. is kind of easier to follow, but if yeah. it's just this kind of stream of consciousness thing, you know, it's it's more difficult to sort of... Yeah, yeah definitely. It is, but it kind of, it forces you to, um, I think it's probably a, a one of the reasons why his music means so much to people. I've never known more people be like, oh, I've got his lyrics tattooed on my arse or yeah. whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Specifically. Yeah. Because, the, because they are so abstract, they can kind of mean whatever you want them to mean. Yeah. And so I think Very it forces you... Well. Yeah, to, to create your own narrative and to mm. create your own, like, s- story and your own relationship with them and what mm. do they mean to you. And, like, I had to do that to learn them because they weren't... I can't just remember disparate words. It's insane. Mm. So you have to, you have to make them mean something to you, and like, and then you kind of forge a connection with them, and then they're in there, mm. and then you have a connection that feels so deeply personal to that song. It was quite interesting yeah, doing yeah, it, you know. It was yeah. like, and how was oh. how was the first gig? First gig is always a bitch, isn't it? Um, I, I can't actually remember. I, I, think I was, was expecting it, it to be. A bitch and expecting like nerves to kick in and all yeah. that sort of shit, but it really didn't. It kind of felt like an extension of because the the rehearsal setup was so sweet and like we really set it out exactly how we would be on stage yeah. and it just kind of felt like doing that. And then I think also going on and it not being our thing and us not being in the spotlight just alleviated so much pressure that it I was, just didn't feel nervous at all it was like it felt I was going on there to do a job and just enjoy playing really great music mm, it, it was, was quite it was very liberating actually that mm. we were not in the spotlight it wasn't our gig it's like you can just bask in the music and you don't have to worry not that I ever think about worrying that it's my gig but suddenly it felt like oh the the pressure's off somehow. Mm. It was um, it was really wonderful. I think there's something that can be almost narcissistic about about being in your own band. <laughs> so like, I don't know. You you're writing your own music and recording it and stuff and gigging it and people are there for you and you have to do all your social media stuff and you're doing interviews talking about your own music and mm. and, and I don't know. It's, can all just get a little bit kind of interest, 
a little bit too introspective yeah. sometimes. And I think you need a balance, don't you? It's really nice. It's like if the only music you're doing is completely centred around you, I don't know if that's a good thing 100% of the time. No, I think you're going to lose the plot after a while and the quality of what you're doing is probably going to yeah. be compromised at some so point. So to do music that was really challenging and deeply fulfilling yeah. that wasn't centred around us was mm. very, very rewarding in many ways. Yeah. And I think that's testament to you. You're, you're, you're a very, you're, I think you're a very functional group of people <laughs> as a band, but you're also an amazingly functional group of people as, as, as family. Because when I've, I've been in bands with brothers and it, sisters and it's a fucking, it's a nightmare. Really? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's difficult because, you know, I, I think when, the, when you're with family, you can really let it all hang out. Mm. Yeah. You know, but you, you, you three just really seem to like, you know, I mean, have you always gone on? Yeah. 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 There's always been like uh, power struggles from an early age, kind of day to day, hour to hour. From so, like, on. yeah, different alliances would be formed on a day to day basis. So sometimes it would be like me and Jess, because we're only two years apart and we used to share a room. So it'd be like we'd have the shenanigans at night yeah. and keep mum and dad up. It would kick like, off in our room. It would kick <laughs> off. We had some serious, like, just fun times. We had some down. really fun times. And but Em was older and she was in, like, her room and she had, like, the hi-fi system with the remote so she was, like, cool. Yeah. And she so was sharp and, like, yeah, no stuff going on there. Us getting jealous of her and Em getting jealous of us and then sometimes Jess and Emily would be, like, the older ones and they'd kind of form the lights and then I definitely remember all of us with some family friends playing outside in the garden and all of you telling me that there was a bag of sweets for me inside and me going in and me definitely being locked in the house and I wasn't allowed to go out and play with you. I'm really sorry. Those are things, like, I'm going to think about those things when I'm on my deathbed and I'm, like, senile (laughs) and it's going to haunt me. So I just don't... Yeah. But you you really don't... I mean, I'm one of... um, three brothers and if my, my you know I'm the middle one of three if I was in a band with my brothers oh my god <laughs> I mean we wouldn't even get through a rehearsal I mean I love my brothers dearly but yeah. like but, but I think that's why you're not in a band that's why I'm about that, yeah, yeah I, reckon, I reckon if you'd got on with them not that you don't get on but if you'd had a sort of tighter thing then it would be more conducive to like making music together you know, maybe. Maybe, maybe. I, I mean, but you, then know. You, you get people that do, you like the Gallagher brothers or whatever, that obviously. But I, I don't imagine it was easy being in, <laughs> being around those two. Yeah. As, I mean, as, you know. But then, are they easy to be around as individuals either? They're probably I, just like that as people. Yeah, I, yeah, I couldn't comment. But, but, like, but, but what I'm getting at is, is the three of you, you know, I spent a lot of time with the three of you, and you really don't, like, the, the, the politics, I, I, I don't see. Maybe I'm stupid. <laughs> but you don't let that shit hang up. Well, you to, are, to, to you are stupid. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. I mean, I think... <laughs> there's definitely some stuff that, that is kind of out there. And, and also there's stuff that I get paranoid about. Like, are we just too kind of in-jokey? Because we spend so much time together and have done for our whole lives. Yeah. And are we this, like unit that is quite you know for an outsider to come in like it's just inaccessible and feels weird because we're just you know I know my boyfriend often says like 
I just don't know what you're talking about. Like, the three of us is like almost like a language that he just can't get in on. Yeah. But our, our parents used to say that. Yeah, like, yeah. When we were younger and we'd be, you know, having dinner or whatever, and the three of us had such a. We kind of had our own language. Like, it was built up of kind of quotes from various TV shows, like The Simpsons, and we watched a lot of TV. Ace Ventura, and all these weird, obscure things that they didn't understand. So, like, we'd be able to have an entire conversation in quotes. Yeah, and, and know what each other meant and what each other were kind of referring to, and they wouldn't know. And she'll, she'll drop a quote from something, and I'll respond with a quote from something else that obviously mm. you'll get because you know. And they're just sitting there yeah. completely baffled, and we're like, you just talk normally. You yeah. stop. I don't know what you're stupid saying. Stupid American accents and silly quotes. And it's like, oh, I mean, no sitting at their table. <laughs> yeah. I mean, having what well, I met you four or five years ago, I didn't feel that when I first met you. Oh, that's, that's comforting. I'm not, maybe, maybe I'm, I'm not just saying that. I, I'm not just saying that. But maybe that's because I'm one of three brothers. Mm, maybe. maybe there's a, a sort of vernacular there that I, under, that I understood. Yeah. Or had some sort of sympathy with. But yeah, um, that might be it. when did you first start singing? Like together? Or do you not remember? Is it something that you've always done? Yeah, I, I don't yeah. I, I don't. I don't remember a moment, like no. a, a sort of event when it started. No. But I remember always singing for as long as I can remember, and mm. and yeah, and just always hearing you guys sing. So I think it was always there. Yeah, I kind of. Um, yeah, I definitely don't remember starting. I. I remember maybe becoming aware that that wasn't what everyone did. Yeah. at a certain age I think I think all of us kind of collectively at different points in our lives went round to like a friend's house or something and there wasn't music any on. music on in any of the rooms that's, like, that's just weird yeah and it, <laughs> and it felt a bit like what do you what do you do then mm. and I kind of yeah and I remember singing along and not in like a look at me I'm singing kind of way but just like that's just what we did in our house and it, I'd kind of I don't know, it would be commented on or something and then I'd become very shy. And yeah. Yeah, I just didn't realise that that's not what everyone did. And I yeah. remember once, um, I don't know if you remember this because you would have been in the same room as me, but it was night time and like, like everyone was in bed, like the house was asleep. But I kind of thought because it was night time no one could hear me and I just started singing The Little Mermaid in bed. <laughs> just really loudly. <laughs> and eventually like mum and dad came in and were like, what are you doing? And I was like, I'm really embarrassed that like they caught me. I was like, oh, I'm really sorry. Like, just wanted to, just really wanted to like sing it. And I was singing like under the covers, but just like, I wanna be where. Oh my god! You fucking idiot! Oh, that's so great. What a loser! I still I worked that song out on piano oh. quite recently. Oh my god! It's a great song. It's a, a banger. Yeah, yeah. But I don't know. And I remember being at like family events and stuff, and like having an urge to like kind of want to sing and like let them know that like I can sing like being really young and you know just an idiot because you're a kid just like I, I want to show off I've got a talent and I think obviously ended up singing in front of like aunties and stuff and I remember oh, like geez. I don't remember any of that yeah and I remember um our auntie saying to me um Stop your mum your mum can tell me that your mum tells me that you can sing harmonies how do you do that? Do you know what that is? And I was like, I don't really know what it is, but yeah, I figured out I could do it recently because my mum was singing and I was singing with her and she was telling me that that was a harmony. And she was like, well, 
can you show me what you mean? And I was like, Mum, come here. And we sung like Barbara Black Sheep or something. And I was like, really? Yeah. I must have been yeah. really young. I remember Dad asking me to explain, uh, to explain like how, how I was singing a harmony. And I was like, well, it's just... It's just what feels, what just fits with that. Yeah, it's just like the notes. But, but, like, yes, but how above. are you choosing those notes? And I well, like, it's, I don't like, know. it's just, just the one above that one, and it fits. And then when it doesn't, when it gets to the point where it doesn't fit, you just go up or down, and it fits. Y- yeah, and so you just sort of keep going. You so can just see a shape, and you just right. know where to go. So yeah. it, it's always been completely natural for you. Yeah, I, I find it interesting that your your the way that you initially sit into harmony goes in age. You t- um you tend to do mm. the lowest. Yes. Just in the middle. That's probably the first like thing I can remember of singing harmony of like definitely knowing that I naturally went to like the higher one. Yeah. I wonder if it's like is there some weird psychological thing there? Do you there's think probably it a is lot of like, weird psychological things? I mean there's a definite <laughs> weird psychological thing. Yeah, but, but it is it is a strange thing. It does seem that somehow sonically that is the most comfortable place most mm. of the time I mean, we do we do change it up and, and actually we try and kind of deliberately change it on on certain songs mm. just just so that we're not always repeating ourselves and that's really fun because you get to kind of sing out of, out of your comfort zone or just try something different and mm. but um, yeah it's weird mm. I don't know it's strange I think that like one of one of the things I love most about hearing you sing is is that it's it 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 the blend is so perfect. Aww. Mate, you're saying very nice that? things, and I think you're you're being a very professional kind of interview. Guy. You're doing a very good job. Do you Matt? sort of do you like plan out your? No, no. I used this to. Is, what, this is I, just like a conversation. When, when I first started doing the podcast, I was really nervous about yeah. it. Yeah. And now I, yeah. To have a, a bit of wine yeah. and <laughs> yeah. just sort of go with it, and yeah, I give my guests like one compliment. That's and that 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 that's oh, it. Oh right, nice. okay, great. Yeah, that's the formula. Well, one I feel compliment. like we've had two now. Have you? Have you? Yeah. Well, you said something about us being like not mentally unhinged. Not mentally unhinged. <laughs> and now yeah, you've said something. But that was that was that was that was that was kind of more 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 of an yeah an observation. Mm. Okay, well, I've complimented you back that I think you're a very slick. Thanks. So, so obviously, so going back to to, <laughs> to your 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 records, there was obviously the, the, a real difference between the, the first and 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 the second one, and um, the the second one was was that was that a deliberate decision to sort of get away from what you'd done on the first records? Mm, no, I, I don't know how other people make records because I've only ever made our records so um so I can't speak for everyone but I can't imagine sitting down and and kind of deciding on the kind of album that you're going to make before you Mm. to me you you just I don't know for us you just kind of write the songs and then it's almost like then they dictate the rest of it Mm you're writing whatever it is that you need to write about mm-hmm. whatever it is that is going on in your life that you need to express and make sense of or you need to communicate to your fellow man. And um, and then those songs, you kind of have to then just serve them and find what they need in the studio. Mm. And once that's done, like, who knows what that's going to turn out like. 
Yeah. So it's not. It wasn't a conscious decision to um, make it different Just to do or something similar. Different, right, yeah. Yeah. Or similar from the first one. I think one. once once we'd done a couple of a, a few demos, it kind of became apparent what a vague continuous strain would be and and what yeah what it would be like what the vibe was. Yeah, it's interesting because I think. I don't know if I agree with what you're saying Em, in terms of in terms of like you can't sit down and kind of decide what rec- kind of record you want to make because I think we haven't done that but I can imagine yeah, I can I imagine, can imagine that. It. and mm-hmm. I think that I would actually like to do a record that way I think that would be a really cool yeah. way of approaching mm-hmm. well, we've written a project a project as yeah, yeah. Say. <laughs> so we've, we've, we've experimented with writing songs like that like some songs come from like just the heart and this is a this is what happens. And mm. some songs we've sitting down, we've sit, sitted down. Sitting down. Some sitted. songs we've sitting down and we've said, <laughs> we sat it down. And we said, we really like this kind of chord progression or we really like this kind of song. Let's write something a bit like that and then try try it kind of from that point of view. Yeah. So, yeah, maybe I slightly... But... Something like no, no, but I, I think that it's interesting trying to analyse your yourself and your own output and I think that it's only as time passes that I'm slightly wiser to it. I've got no way of calling it at the time. So, so has the process for you, like it was when you first started singing, is the process for you always just a completely natural one? Well, just, just, just follow yeah. your instincts and... and I, think, I think so. And so yeah, so, yeah, so far anyway. Sometimes yeah, I feel true. that, you know, we should have been more driven or something or, or had more of an aesthetic in mind, you know, whether... It, you know, sonic aesthetic or whatever, or a visual one or something. But it's it's never really been the way we approach anything. It's always kind of been, yeah, what feels natural. And then I and then I think, well, maybe that is our sound. That it is mm. the the coherent thing throughout everything is our singing together and our voices. Because I think with our with if I was, which is our second studio album, mm-hmm, yeah. um, it's kind of quite a broad mix of songs they're not all <clears throat> I don't think they're hugely similar to one another mm. um, from the songwriting perspective but also like the way we've produced each song um, but the thread running through them is obviously us so it kind of makes sense and mm. I I like that about albums my favourite albums I think are ones where there's there's variation in songs and it's not mm. to say that albums that aren't like that aren't great because you know sometimes there's a record where it sounds amazing and there's a really strong sound throughout the whole record Mm. but maybe there's only actually about five songs that are great or or the songs are great but they're pretty samey after a while or whatever Mm. um and that's cool but i I don't know my my favorite records and and i can speak for all of us when i say the beatles are our favorite band and what mm-hmm. I love about their albums, particularly from kind of Rubber Soul onwards, is you've just got so many completely different songs that yeah, manage yeah. to sit together and and make sense together on a record. And from with them as well, you've got them from the perspectives of different members of the band as well, different songwriters yeah. and different singers as well. And yeah, so I, I think, think subconsciously that that not that I'm trying to say that we're in any way yeah, like yeah. the Beatles. We're just like the Beatles. Yeah. 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 No, I know, I know what you mean. To, to be honest, this is this is a conversation I have with a lot of bands uh, when I'm producing them, is that they have two very different songs and they're like, oh, it's just not going to work. Mm-hmm. But I think if you produce 
if there's a band and a unit, you produce something like on like honestly, and by honestly, I mean the way in which is natural to you. Yeah, it's yeah. always going to sound like the same band. And you think about yeah, like the really so. great bands, um, you know, like like the Beatles. I always think like Queen. They just had so many different yeah. like areas. Yeah. Some, sometimes it sounded like musical. Sometimes mm. it was reggae. Sometimes it, you know, and yeah. and yeah. Paul Simon as well Paul is, Simon, is yeah. a classic example of. Well, I mean, kind of looking at his whole career, I suppose, maybe not specifically album to album, but yeah, it's like it all just kind of works because you believe everything he's singing, always. That's it, that, that, absolutely, and that's it. And, and I think it's something is, it, it, it's a question of belief. It's like, yeah. if, if an artist is singing or putting themselves in a position that you, you, you can spot it if it's a fake. Yeah, it's yeah like, definitely. I don't, I don't, I'm not definitely. buying this. But that's exactly it. it. And that trumps everything. It's like, okay, this sounds completely different from this. But if it's just as true, then it doesn't matter. Put that's it on true. the same thing because that, that, it needs to be out there. And, 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 and the thing about your second record, that, that even though it was very different, I could, you know, I could hear you on it. Me. No. <laughs> so I, was looking, I was looking at M. Well, I could hear, I could hear that it was like you know. I'm looking at M quite a lot actually. I am. Look, I am. Sorry. The rest of us. Yeah, I'm just gonna. I'm looking. I'm gonna look at the floor now. Um, but you know, no, I, I, I could say you know it was it was a different, but it was you know an authentic like staves experience. Sure. Yeah, I, I think I think it was. I think it was a a natural progression, I suppose you'd say, and yeah, and like M said, it, it came from. The songs being written, some of them actually written sort of at the tail end of the first album, from that point onwards, you know, just kind of constantly throughout the years, on tour, off tour. So you suddenly kind of gathering together all these songs that have come from different places and different times and and making sense of them and kind of figuring out, okay, well, what, what fits and mm. what what rises to the top and... And so we just kind of went in with some songs and we had some production ideas already and we had no idea what, what Justin was going to bring to the table apart from us just loving Justin's music. And so we were kind of, we knew he'd bring something cool, but we didn't know what. And I don't think he had really thought about it either. <clears throat> We'd been really busy and so had he. he. He was just finishing another album that he made for... The Blind Boys of Alabama, which is that, an amazing that was his album. Big, big production year. He did a lot. Yeah. yeah, he did loads. It's an amazing lot. album, uh, which amazing. didn't get as much recognition as it should have. So it's I urge anyone listening to get it. It's called I'll Find a Way. Um, but we'll, we'll put that on our playlist. Yeah, there, there'll, be a, there'll be a Spotify playlist that accompanies us that will be on the Urchin website. Great. We will put anything that we talk about or that we generally dig yeah. on, that, on that playlist. I'll Find a Way is the, the, the title track. Is it's amazing. Okay, really excellent. Um, but he was just finishing that when we arrived, and he yeah he'd been doing all these records, and we'd been on tour, and we kind of did a handshake at the end of the, the Bonnevere tour that we'd done with him because we were opening for him, and he was like, "Come to the studio, and you've got free time, and let's just fuck around." So we were like, "Okay, great. You sure?" And he was like, "Yep, <laughs> right, deal." And then a few months later, we were like, well, "There's actually a window. We're going to book flights. Are you still sure?" And he was like, "Yeah, come." So we just sort of turned up, and we had like. We had black and white, didn't we? We had blood mm-hmm. and lead, um, and what else did we have? We ended up doing horizons. The... Yeah, we did horizons yeah. in that first session. We made and... that, yeah. What else did we have? I can't remember what else actually we made it. We ended up on... doing like damn it all, Pier and 
fake night and like messing around with all those sorts of things. Yeah, but a lot of the songs that we ended up hashing out on that first session made it onto the record. And in a pretty much the same way as we demoed them with Justin in those first mm. sessions. Yeah. Um, and I think it was straight away, as soon as we started recording with him, he just kind of got what we were trying to do without us really having to explain anything. Fantastic. And yeah. that's always, that's kind of just what you want. Yeah. Um, so there was obviously a, a chemistry and it was it was weird. It kind of felt quite brotherly somehow. It was like you, you were kind of this piece that's been floating around out there for ages that we didn't know existed. And it kind of slotted in and made sense straight away. And um, he also found out that he he plays the tin whistle and so <laughs> in a very amateur way. I didn't know you played the tin whistle. Yeah, yeah, I can do the Titanic song. Oh, really? And I can do the Lord of the Rings song. I dubbed it the Joy Sucker. <laughs> Fucking yeah. And we did we it, we can do them. a duet of um, Tears in Heaven by Eric Clapton. Oh, beautiful. Oh, beautiful. Um, so yeah, like it was just that. weird things like that, and it was like, man, this was meant to be. <laughs> They can both pull like a really weird face. It's um, I don't know how to describe it other than the nose goes one way and the mouth goes, goes the other, other way. Yeah. And um, like Justin <laughs> had never met anyone else that could do it, and then Jess could just do it. And then Millie claimed all along that she's been doing it for years as well, but no one noticed, which I don't believe because I know it's just classic, isn't it? Yeah. But um, yeah, but I'm wittering on. But Did yeah, that, it, no, it was no. just like a. We ended up with a different sound, basically, but I don't, I don't quite know how to explain the process in mm. which it happened, except for that. It but that's, was that's going natural. back to it. Yeah, it was a natural thing. It's not yeah. something you thought about. Right? Yeah, this record. We yeah, just, I We've just got to go big. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, the, yeah. that's the first thing I thought when I when I when I when I first heard it because you 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 sent it to me. Oh yeah. You gave me did. a little yeah, and I was like, wow, this is enormous. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, oh my god. And, and it's weird. The more you listen to it, it's actually not. It just seems it's. Uh, yeah. Initially, it seemed like we all felt that as well. We were like, "Fuck, this is massive compared to our yeah, last album." Sounds in, in sound. But it still sounded. Going back to it, it still sounded like you. It was like it mm. wasn't like it wasn't enormous in a pompous way. It was just like this is just sounding massive. A lot of people are, have asked us, you know, about so you guys went out to America to make your second record, and we didn't really think anything of that in the process at all. But I kind of get why that's a point of interest because you know sometimes you have British bands and they go out to America and suddenly the sound changes and they get mm. this big time American producer that comes in and, and you're like, yeah. they go big. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's like, right, let's put a bit more cash into this and fucking give it yeah. a go. And so I guess maybe that's the perception from the outside of, yeah. of some people of like, oh, is that what they've done kind of thing? And it's, so it's, it's strange They've had a meeting it. and they say, you know, yeah. big, big's in this year. We're going to go to America <laughs> to get an indie producer on this, make it a little bit younger, a little bit cooler, a bit more relevant. <laughs> a bit more kind of enemy meets Radio 1. Yeah. Um, but, but honestly, that, you know, none of those thoughts crossed our minds at all. But So it's interesting to think of, it's always interesting to think how other people perceive it. And, the key is to never think about that. Otherwise, <laughs> yeah. you, you think yourself yeah. into oblivion. So something I wanted to talk about as well was, was your kind of writing process. Mm. I know we've spoken about this like off off mic, but but why did one of you usually bring something right, and then it just gets arranged? Yeah, it's. I mean, it kind of varies a lot, song to song, and kind of has continued to vary more as we've been together and like making music more. But, um, yeah, normally um, 
someone will bring something to the table, whether it's like a seed of an idea or a nearly finished idea, and we'll all either kind of like arrange it and do the finishing tweaks and change certain things, or yeah, or if it's like a seed of an idea, we'll kind of build it together. But um, I guess, I guess you, Jess, normally. Would you say you're more of like a, a melody-led lyrics writer? man mainly? <laughs> the, the, the music, the music came you know, naturally. naturally. I can't talk about something <laughs> ever without thinking of <laughs> that. Yeah, yeah. It's, and, was it and some drum and bass beats and shit? Yeah, beats and shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I don't. I don't know Mills. I think that. Um, I think I tend to yeah approach things melodically. And and I I play guitar, so I normally write things on the guitar before I sing them, sort of thing. So chord progression will lead me to a melody, and that will lead me to a lyric. Whereas Millie will like often play something that she's done on Garage Band, where it's just her a cappella, and she's done lyrics and and harmonies, uh, but there's maybe no instrumentation or. Mm. Or something. So I would say that's like a a pretty like you know. But but then again, I mean, you've written loads of songs where you've written the guitar part. Yeah, I was I was going to say like the the kind of extreme of of both cases is that you come with just piano chords or like I've been playing around with this. Yeah. But no vocals or anything, and Millie would come with, with the kind of fully formed vocals and pretty much fully formed lyrics, but not the instrumentation and. Uh, and then you kind of I'm literally a lyrics man mainly <laughs> yeah. lyrics man <laughs> yeah. music came naturally I've also just still got in my mind an image of Vern smoking a massive big cigar in a kind of Mr Big um, from with like, a little ponytail at the back at the very base of his skull yeah. being the big time producer guy. yeah being the big time producer it, it, the, uh, the American Wayne's producer World. kind of guy from Wayne's World yeah yeah, so uh, anyway, carry on. I have, I have that most days. <laughs> I'm just thinking about that. <laughs> what do you got here? You got lyrics, all right, that's yeah. cool. What do you think melody? those people ever existed? The, the guys with the sort of... 100%. The, the, yeah. With the cigars and the slick back hair that came to gigs and went, you. Yeah. You're going to be do you know what? You're going to be mm, Because killed. do you know what? Definitely. They still fucking exist. What? Really? I've met them. Really? I've met two of them. <laughs> it's just that they don't have the power that they used to have. Do they wear cowboy boots? They wear whatever the fuck they wear. <laughs> the thing is now they can wear anything. Now they wear New Balances. Do they? Yeah. It's it's Converse. The thing is, it's they not Converse it's not the same as it used to be. Yeah, they dress like us now, so you can't fucking weed them out. Yeah. Apart from yeah. normally the haircut and a kind of general sense of unease. Because yeah, <laughs> usually it was the cigar thing. smoke and the Cuban heels that gave yeah, the, sound, exactly. the sound of the Cuban heels approaching you. Yeah. So I was thing. I was at, I was at a Strokes gig in 10, 10 years ago. So I'm in my, I was in my mid-twenties at that point. You were at a Strokes gig in 10 years ago? About 10 years ago. The, the wine's kicking in. <laughs> so, no, I, I was at a Strokes gig and I was in a sort of... Um, Drunk and stupid. No, actually I wasn't. I was, there was like an after-party scenario and there's this guy he Sounds must have been in his like mid forties, and he was dressed in like he was dressed as one of the Strokes. He had like really, really? skinny jeans and and Converse on, and I was just like, I just saw that moment. It's like I'm not going to be that guy. 
Yeah. Mm. When I'm in my mid-40s, I'm not going to be the guy, a convert, with the converse on, trying to sort of be... Mm. So I just like to say, when that happens, just, you know, we'll you pull know. me up on that shit. Yeah. Well, we'll all have to pull each other up on that shit, won't yeah. we? Because and I, I will be wearing converse trainers until I'm old, I think. Oh, no, Patty but I... Patti Smith does. I like that, though. I kind of think that, like, I don't know, I saw, like... Okay, it's ages ago and it's going to be really long-winded and like shit story, but... Great. Go on, go for it. You set that up, you set that up really well. (laughs) I'm in. I was watching watching Loose Women ages ago in my my unemployed kind of... um, Strike two. Join us next month for another merchant. <laughs> but they had that dude, you know, okay, so fit older man uh, was Giles in Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Oh yeah. god, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Used to be um, on the Nescafe adverts or something. Yeah. Oh, shit, what was his name? Rupert. Or is that just his name? That was his name in Buffy. No, Giles. Giles. His name is Rupert something. Is it Rupert? Yeah, maybe you're right. But he's like, he's cool and he's like suave and all that sort of shit. And he was was talking about like ageing as a man and was talking about like how men kind of feel, I don't know, feel very comfortable to tell each other like oh you're too old for that mate or like oh take that earring out or take that whatever and and like was just saying like no fuck that like I saw a man on the train the other day and he had like a little earring in and he was like mid 40s or something or mid mid to late 40s and he was saying that someone next to him who he didn't know had like started talking to him about it and and kind of made fun of him a bit in like a joshing way and said like you need to take that out and he was like no just literally wear whatever you want yeah like, you should why when you hit a certain age should you not should you suddenly start dressing like an old person because I think yeah. there's a I think there's a difference though between like my, my stroke story and your story I think there's a difference between trying to doing what you want Mm. and trying to be, be 20 else. years yeah. younger than you are mm. yeah. that's the difference so if I wanted to just wear a thong at all, uh, at all times then that was it <laughs> that was it and so I'm doing that because I actually want to do that and, it, and it's an expression of who I am yeah. rather than I'm, I'm trying to be hip do you yeah, know what I mean? yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Matt is now wearing a thong. Yeah, way. Matt is currently naked from the waist down. <laughs> and, and don't I look great? Yeah, <laughs> I think yeah. if you've got it, flaunt it. Exactly, that's what, that's, that's, that's what I did. Yeah, but um, I think I think going back to the A and R thing, which which led to the sort of converse comment and led us down this route, is that what are your thoughts on casual wear in the office? <laughs> because I feel like hasn't that isn't that a huge shift in the way that we work? Because if you think about, I mean, I suppose in in a lot of offices you still have to wear suits and yep. smart clothing. And our, our dad used to work in an office and used to come home, you know, brogues and suit and whatever on. But in record companies, you wear casual clothes, and I totally get that, and I that would appeal to me. 
But sometimes I think if they could wear suits, then you could spot them at gigs because they were wearing pinstripe suits <laughs> with a cigar, and it would make life so much easier. Yeah. <laughs> I thought your your point was going to be something really profound, kind of like psychological. Yeah. tests of uh, experiments and analysis have shown that if you people are wearing uniform they're more likely to be yeah, I thought productive so. at work but you're basically I, saying no, A&R people should be visible they, sh- they should wear high-vis jackets <laughs> so you can, so you can <laughs> spot them at festivals <laughs> you can just you kind of can spot them for the person yeah, who's kind of whose eyes are darting every two to three seconds and who looks thoroughly kind of uncomfortable and it's on their phone dressed exactly they're on their phone they're, they're on their own they're not enjoying it. They're not drinking. Yeah. Yeah, and they yeah a general sense of unease. I'll go back to that. Pinstripe suit, Cuban heels, cigar. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Hey, I'm, doing doing um, I'm sure there must be. They must have done tests on like workplace productivity. Yeah, You'd imagine have. that because it isn't there an actual kind of statistic that uniforms do actually make you work. Really? Is there? Because I think that's really? the thing in schools. They're saying that there is supposed to be some kind of. No, but that's, that, but that's bullshit though, because isn't there, like, doesn't Germany have one of the most uh, amazing education systems and they don't wear a uniform, they're allowed to. They're so like, efficient, they can do it without. But, <laughs> but I was about to say efficient as well, but like, they, they, they're allowed, like, piercings, their hair however they want, and. I'm mm. not here to argue about Germany or anywhere else, I'm here to actually do a podcast. <laughs> so, you want to pay attention? Um, Whose side are you on? Yeah. Any uh, objections if I get the sure, third uh, bottle of wine? A wine break. Yeah, let's have a wine break. I also need to urinate. We should put some like wine break music in in at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, Jess, <laughs> Jess has an array of um, guitar riffs that could be used for um, you know the kind of scene change music in sitcoms. Yeah, incidental right. music. Thank you. Send it over. Um, What's, she also has a, a brilliant Coca-Cola advert um, sort of tune. Oh, and you're really selling me. Thank you. Jess, I just think that that is, that's where you really excel. That's where <laughs> you, you should, you should, you should suck off all of this. Or, 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 or we could, we, we've been, we have been talking for, for about an hour and believe me, this is all solid gold. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Good luck editing it because so it's all amazing. So we, we could just stop now. Yeah. And just drink wine. Okay. <laughs> in my house. I really like being interviewed by you, so I'm very happy to keep talking. But yeah, I think I think um, I need you to steer this. It's up to you. Mm, you steer it. Um, Are there any kind of key things you want to? What haven't we touched? We haven't really discussed our relationship. No. I, I would As try someone to... listening to a podcast, I'd want to know what what our relationship is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you're into, first. Do I have to ask me? <laughs> 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 Boss second. Yeah. <laughs> Do, 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 do I have to you, do I, shall I explain this um yeah for the listeners so I met you at the rainiest gig ever in yes. Belfast fuck the rainy yeah. gig yeah so we, we were in Belfast yeah. and um I was playing there with Laura Marling and uh I met you this is like five years ago yeah I remember that scene. Okay. one of the only gigs I've done where whilst we were playing I was wet it, it was raining so fucking it hard that I was like, I was just, it was just wet. I was really oh, yeah. upset. I'm surprised I didn't like, get pulled that gig because surely there's like some yeah. sort of I safety my concern. My guitar was soaking, like my tune and all my leads on the floor were wet, and I was really upset because we were like Ryan airing at home. Yeah, it was, it was, day. <laughs> it was like, oh my god, Yeah. So then, and then I, I, ended I remember up watching you. Sorry, I remember watching you playing that gig wearing two bin liners. <laughs> 
because I didn't have a raincoat because I'm an idiot and yeah. um, just made one out of it. It was grim. I'm so surprised that like we had an audience because yeah. I would have fucked off. You oh, had yeah, a yeah, large yeah. 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 There was like people that I, I've never been more, more, more sort of admiring of a crowd than that yes, one. Yes, the Irish though, they're great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, they were well out for it. They, they were well out for it as well. Yeah, they they weren't totally. just like, oh, we've, we've paid, so we've just got to fucking sit Ireland, through this. They were like, time, every time it pissed it down in Ireland, people were like, oh, fuck this. Then nothing would ever happen. Yeah, nothing would get it, done. You know, yeah. rained a lot. Yeah. More than England. They know how yeah. to have a good time. They, 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 they really do. So we met there, and then I ended up playing on your first album I did, did three songs yeah. and then I was touring with you what did you you played on Eagle Song I remember Eagle Song being like, actually in love with your drumming oh yeah and that's went on and, you and did Wise and Slow Wise and Slow and Pay Us No Mind and, and I do think actually the Pay Us No Mind is the best one of the best things I've ever played on, on a record Oh, I thought that take, and that was a really early take that we did, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. It was, yeah. It was, it was I, actually the rehearsal take. It was yeah. because at, at the end there was like us like drumming on our legs and stuff yeah. because we weren't. It wasn't a proper take. It was like, yeah, it was and like it was all rehearsal. live, wasn't it? That that was really it was really fun. Yeah, it was, it was great. So yeah. yeah, and then and then we've been we've been working together recently. Well, you came and played some, played some festivals and stuff with us with, yeah. as well. So you experienced what it is to be in a trapped in a van with us for sort of six hours. And you're um, still here at, at the time. time. Still yeah. here. Yeah, and we've been in Urchin, haven't we? Yes, yeah. and it's been, some, it's, it's, some tracks. Been, it's been yeah. it's, it's been great. So I think I basically justified myself now. Yes. Yeah, there. Yeah, that's good. Good and I think we should call it a one and just go and drink wine. Okay. Yeah. And, and hang out with my baby daughter. Yeah. Yeah. Unless there's something else you want to say. Um, we were we were talking in the studio, weren't we, about um, who would you want to go out and have a oh, drink yes. with? Oh yes. Oh my god. Um, we meant to talk about this. Literary uh, kids storybooks. Oh yeah, that was it. That was it. We were talking about. We were talking about. We were talking about what we were going to talk about on the podcast. Yeah. Okay. So it was like if you could if you could go and have a drink with any fictional children's character, Mm. who would that be? I mean, Jess, you can start. Well, I haven't thought about it beyond the last time we spoke about it, but obviously we went into quite a lot of detail. We did specifically about the four lead animals in Wind in the Willows. Yeah. 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 Emily um, had some very strong views. I about feel like we all did. Well, I think we all said that we'd want a night out with Mr. Toad. Yeah. But we'd end up being arrested. We'd end up. Yeah. He'd be out of control. Absolutely totally. out of control. It's, it's more like you'd want a night out in quite a large group of you where Mr. Toad was also present mm. so that you could, you could enjoy... Peel, you could peel off. You can you... enjoy the banter, but yeah. it's at no point your responsibility. <laughs> you're, you're not going to get arrested with him. You can just go home. You know? But you get to enjoy the lunacy and the yeah. high-octane life that... Um, and we, I think we said that Mole... Um, I think we'd have one pint we'd be wasted and then, yeah. and then be crying yeah and then yeah. he'd get all yeah. crying and depressive and you'd have to take him home oh, he'd, like, I don't he'd know lose his I keys agree. and you'd have to pay for his taxi and you'd be like oh fuck <laughs> <Molly>. <laughs> yeah 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 it would, um, be, it would be he, he might he might wet himself as well yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that is and, that's true actually you'd wet yourself again yeah I think um, Ratty would be safe I think Ratty would be sound I Ratty think. probably wouldn't drink do you reckon? Oh, no, you I reckon so? he would. I think like an ale. An ale. Like a couple of <laughs> With ales. a handle. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. yeah. 
Definitely. Yeah, I think he'd just be pretty sound. Yeah, I, I see Ratty as like a shabbly kind of guy. Oh, ma- oh maybe really? so. Yeah, yeah, he's a wine guy for sure. I reckon he'd just be a great drunk. I think Badger, we were talking about, I think Badger would um, get quite dark. There's a lot of darkness there. Do you think? Mm. I think Badger would get, get it, it'd sort of, it'd be 11, he'd, get, he'd start on the whiskies. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. 100% he'd hit the hard liquor. And I think after that, 16 pints of Guinness, he'd hit the whiskies. Yeah. Guinness and whiskey. Guinness yes. and whiskey. And I think exactly it would get is. dark and then it would end up, as Millie said, lots of like, sea shanties and sort of that, those kind of things. And he would take he'd it He'd say he'd, I don't know, like maybe he had like an illegitimate child that he hasn't seen yeah. for 16 years and he feels really guilty about it. Yeah. Like, and, that, and that he'd killed someone. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like stories from the war and stuff, and yeah, and then you'd be heading home, and he'd get in a fight with one of the weasels, and he'd like really fuck him up on the way home. Well, he's not. Badger's fucking hard. Badger's hard as fuck. Badger's hard. Ex-army probably. Totally. But like, he's being told. Do you remember being told when you were a child (laughs) that a badger can break your ankle? Now is that true? 100%. 100%. Is it? I don't know. It depends how many whiskeys he's had. Yeah, exactly. A friend of mine. Yeah. He's a sort of six foot two, you know, big dude. Said he saw a badger at his family home, like crawling onto the front uh, on the doorstep, and he said he bolted because he was so afraid of him. (laughs) (laughs) He said it was it was huge and it was on a mission. He said he just ran. (laughs) It was like so. Basically, Mr. Toad's the best one. Yeah, he is. We're we're you know. Toads laugh, I think. He will get you into a fight. You end like, up in there's prison. There's no mistake. There's no mistake. He, he'll, he'd spike your drink for a laugh. He'll do all... He'll do the worst things. He's not a friend you can trust. It's like Ollie Reed. like no going on the piss with but, Ollie Reed or something. But you will have such a good time. You'll have a great and time. And the stories you'll tell. Oh. Also, I think he'd be like... You know you always have a friend who you go to a party with and you'll just go with them to their friend's party and be like... Okay, I don't know anyone, so can I just like don't don't go off without me? And they'll say no, 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 I don't. And then instantly they go off without you. Yeah. And you're just by yourself at a house party where you don't know anyone. Yeah. That's, That's also. What totally be like. But on the flip side, you take them as your plus one to a house party, <laughs> and you say you say right, I'm just gonna go and get us a drink. You just stay here and maybe introduce yourself to someone. You come back from the kitchen and they're dancing topless on a table with like a crowd of people around them going. And then, yeah. <laughs> Everyone back to mine. Oh, where do you live? In a mansion, Toad Hall. Toad Hall. Oh, like 20 rooms. We'll okay, take my great. motor car. It's the only way to travel, and that's how I'll end it. Yeah. So, on that note, drink driving. On that note, uh, maybe we should come back and say um, which which member of, of like, the cast of Rainbow we'd want to like. Well, obviously, be in, a, be in a sauna with. I obviously, think, Zippy. Yeah. I think, uh, I think George Zippy. is a wet rag. Bungle yeah. is actually even more of a wet rag, disguised though, because he's so massive. Yeah. Zippy's the only one with a backbone. And Zippy. And a zip. <laughs> <laughs> Zippy and Toad are quite similar. Yeah, they, they are. They are. Zippy. Yeah, Zippy <gasps> would get you in trouble, wouldn't he? Guys, I've got it. Zippy is the missing link between Mr. Toad and Oscar the Grouch. Physically, 100%. in every way, no personality really. No, more like Grover than Oscar Wilde actually. Nah, she shall marry George Bunker. Sue sweeping was it on Sue? Sue's a bit of goody two shoes. Do you remember when Little Cousin Scampy came on the scene? Oh, he was really cute. Oh, fuck off. Scampy. <laughs> really maybe, maybe the podcast should just fade at this point. Yeah. <laughs> 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 we talk about sort of. <laughs> 
fictional uh, children's characters we like to go on the piss with. Noddy, yeah. Noddy and Big Ears, and then it gets dark and it starts to get weird, doesn't it? I was never into Noddy. No. Oh, I just thought that was so shit. It was it quite was shit. shit. It was shit. Do you want to run a Now, yeah. what I will say Wait. is, do you want to go to the pub with any character from Trapdoor? And I say any character, all I can remember is Burke and Drutt and Boney. Oh, 